Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Let's get into the Word tonight. We're in Romans chapter 1, chapter, or verse 17, just finished saying, and I'm going to just rehash it real quick. We're starting with verse 18, but verse 17 just finished saying that God makes us right in His sight, right? And it's accomplished from start to finish. Well, there it is. Beautiful. Thank you. This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Someone say, by faith. You are right with God by faith. That's it. You, your works can't do it. You can't be righteous enough on your own. You've got to believe in the sacrifice that Jesus made. Scripture says that Jesus made us righteous. All right? So this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the Scriptures say, it is what? Through faith that a righteous person has life. That's you, that's me. But, someone say but. Verse 18, but God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Please stop there. There's a boundary there between verses 17 and 18. God says, you can be right with me by faith, but... There's anger from heaven and judgment against those who are not right with God by faith. There's a boundary there. So this verse itself proves that you can't just go on practicing sin. It doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean you're not going to sin ever. We're, 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 not, we're not professing that you're going to be perfect. Sometimes in Scripture it says, man, perfection or the word perfect, that means mature in God. It's translated as perfect. But there's a dividing line. Someone say boundary. God's big on boundaries. He's saying, you can be right with me through faith, or you can be under my wrath and judgment because you've fought against the truth by wicked living. And the whole world is doing that. Not true believers like yourselves, but most of the world is not living right. I don't know what per per uh, percentage. I really don't. Some have said, there's a billion Christians on the planet. Man, uh, Christians that are really serving God? I don't know. That's between them and God. But a billion? It sounds high to me. Really, it sounds, they may be professing Christians. I don't know. Once again, only God would know that. But there's right with God through faith. All start to finish by faith. You can be right with God. It's through faith that a righteous person has life. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Did you know when people are living evil lifestyles, they're stepping and spitting on the truth of God's word? There's a big boundary there. I've got to say that again. There's a big boundary there. Let's go to verse 19. It says, look at this. People go, oh, we didn't know. We didn't know. Really? Scripture says they know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. Mm. Verse 20. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the, the uh, earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible what? His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature. If they'll admit it, if they will only admit it, so they have no excuse for not knowing God. Hmm, that's strong. But here's the deal. Did you know people don't want to believe? They don't want to believe. Because if they believe that God really is, many people, it's like they're, they're teaching God a lesson. I've talked to atheists before, and they weren't really atheists. They were just trying to punish God by saying they didn't believe in Him. Oh, He didn't do what I wanted. Most people get angry with God because He didn't do what they thought He should do. 
Some of you parents need to think about that because there's times that you know that you know that you know that you're right and your kids still got mad at you. So imagine God with a planet full of people, knuckleheads sometimes, right? We question God and why and then we make rotten decisions here and there. And, but here's what the world does. They question God's existence or they say, you know what? Nah, he doesn't exist. He didn't answer my prayers. He doesn't exist. No, they just don't want to believe because if they believe, then that cross is real. Then sin is real. Heaven and hell are real. Because you know, hell wasn't made for you and me. It was made to punish Satan for his rebellion. But Satan, how many of you know misery loves company? Satan says, if I'm going to go to hell for eternity, I can't, I can't repent. I'm taking as many with me as I can through my demons, through lies. I'm going to work on people. And this, this chapter and the following passages, the following passage is going to detail how people end up pushing God away and falling into their own wicked devices. Yes, they knew God. It says it again. Mm-hmm. They knew God. They knew who he was. But they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. Did you know God has a problem with ungratefulness? Big deal to God, ungratefulness. This is foreshadowing for this Sunday. I'm going to talk about gratefulness. I have not titled the message yet. It's one of those things that's on us, right? It's on me. It's on you. Did you know it's way easier to stay grateful than it is to get out of complaining for most humans? Because once you get into complaining, it's like you've fallen into a pit. So if you're struggling with complaining tonight, you say, man, is he judging me? Is he condemning me? No, but be convicted. Say, oh, man, I need to do better. I need to be grateful for all the things God has given me. Look at how serious God takes this. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. You know what people do? They say, I did this in my own strength. Oh, okay. Well, one day you'll stand before God and find out that you did not do it in your own strength. When God reveals to us on the great judgment day, especially those who rejected him. He says, look at everything I gave you. I gave you the breath of life. I gave you this. I gave you that. I gave you the ability. I gave you talents. It all came from me. Look at this. Let me read it again. They knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. This is crazy right here. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. I love using poor Oprah as an example. She's actually one of my heroes in many ways because she made it. She made money. She got famous. She... She's, she's a big giver. Oprah's a big giver. There's lots of things she's done right. But one thing about Oprah that's always thrown me off is she would say that my God would not do this. My God would not. Well, sis, you haven't read the word. You've made up your own God. Let's go back to the, the beginning of that verse. They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. I have people who tell me crazy stuff about God. And I go, where did you get that? You haven't been reading the Bible because that's, that's not what God's like. That's not how God operates. They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became what? Dark and confused. Did you know when you start making up stuff that's contrary to Scripture, you fall into a spirit of lies and error? And that's a dangerous place to be. Say, well, I mean, here's why that happened. Here's why God did that. Uh, Misquoting Scripture. And look at this. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. The world is full of that right now. People will tell you how wise they are. Well, they're so wise that every seven years we have a big recession and a big problem. with People lose jobs, gas goes up. Every seven years it happens. Why? They say, oh, it just happens. No, did you know accidents don't just happen and occurrences don't just occur? They're caused. 
humans, ungodly humans, are running the system. And they claim to know more than God, but claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. Wow, that's a strong word, isn't it? I told y'all Romans is tough. So hang in there. This is talking about people who are practicing sin. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, wow, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people in birds and animals and reptiles. That's still happening on the planet. So we're civilized, we're modern. Well, and if people don't worship an idol or a statue, they'll worship something, won't they? They'll worship the anatomy of the opposite sex or the same sex, or they'll worship their job or Hulu or something. They'll worship something. People find an excuse to put something in God's place themselves. Look at this. But here's what happens, though, when people worship other things and they're in idolatry. They're not worshiping God. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. Did you know when people push and pull and go, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it? I've seen it in church before where I stopped telling people. I just stopped telling them. And what's sad is when folks are in that position, they don't realize that I've stopped telling them because they wouldn't listen. Did you know when people stop listening, I stop talking? And that says a lot because I'm a big talker. When people stop listening, I stop talking. Say, I want your help. And every time I help them, they don't listen. I go, okay, God bless you. Look at, now this is a little more severe here. Look, so God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desire. They wanted to do it. They wouldn't listen. He said, okay, go ahead then. As a result, this is going to be rough. They did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. People, people tell you crazy stuff. Oh, no, God's okay with one-night stands. Where? Where in Scripture does it say that? We've had people telling us all kinds of crazy stuff. Oh, no, uh, that's okay according to the Bible. You haven't read the Bible. No. They traded the truth about God for a lie. And that's really easy. That's a no-brainer. If you're not believing God's truth, you're going to believe a lie. You say, I don't really believe His truth. Well, then you're going to fall captive to your own lies, to the lies of the enemy, to the lies of the world, this world system. Look, so they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself. And God has always had a problem with that. Scripture says He's a jealous God. It's not the kind of jealousy you and I know. We kind of have types and shadows of that. But it's a jealousy that He says, you, I'm your God, I created you, I want you to worship me only, not other things. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator Himself, who is what? who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen just means so be it. That's like another exclamation point. Let's move on. And that is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Some of this is tough. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sexual activity with each other. That sounds like lesbianism, doesn't it? Wow. Wow. So is that a sin according to Romans chapter 1? At one point, President Obama said, we shouldn't worry about homosexuality being wrong, he said, or, or, or base it on some obscure verse in Romans. That's what President Obama said one time before he was president. So you just blew off God's word. It's interesting, everybody wants Jesus when they say, oh, he taught love. He walked around in sandals and he was just a flower child. He was a hippie. And he just loved people. He just loved everyone. Yeah, God's love. But he's also, the same God who loves is also severe. He also has judgment. This is talking about lesbianism right there. Next verse. The Apostle Paul's speaking out against all this junk. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burn with lust for each other. Wow. Men did shameful things with other men 
and as a result of this sin. This is one of the unique places in the Bible where it says this statement right here. It's a very unique statement. They suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. It's not even talking about hell yet. Scripture says homosexuality and lesbianism has a penalty in and of itself right now. Did you know people practicing behavior like that, especially among men back in the day? I haven't read any recent statistics, but they tend to have way more STDs than even heterosexuals. They suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Another suffering that they do is, that is a hard lifestyle to get out of once you get into it. God is powerful. God is omnipotent. When people turn themselves over to God, God can deliver you from anything and everything. But here's, this verse is strong. It says, when they gave themselves over to homosexuality and lesbianism, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved for rejecting God and nature the way he created it. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, right? So I'm not going to acknowledge him, whatever. He's not out there. Okay. Once again, do you see that word again? He abandoned them. Are you guys getting this tonight? Man, this is a tough word, but here's what's crazy. Romans is written to believers. It says, after a while, he abandons you to do whatever you want. Say, did God leave me? No, he just stopped talking because you stopped listening. Can you imagine? I've discussed this recently with different people. Can you imagine getting to the point where you couldn't hear God, the, the still small voice, you couldn't feel God anymore? That's scary. That is frightening. We said, man, I've rejected God enough that now I don't know if he's talking to me or not. Forget it. See, because it takes two things. I mentioned this in staff meeting today. For you to get saved, it takes God pulling you to himself. But it also takes you saying, yes, Lord, okay. But if God doesn't pull you to himself, you don't get saved. In and of ourselves, it's just not usually our idea. So since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. My goodness. Some will say, my goodness. This is serious. So look at this. Those that rejected God, stopped hearing his voice, rebelled, knew more than God, knew more than whoever was in authority warning them. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. My goodness. They're backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. Wow. They refused to understand. Not that they did. Did you catch that verse? It didn't say they didn't understand. Earlier verses said they knew there was a God. Now this says, look at this, this further backs that up. It says they refuse to understand. Not that they don't understand. They refuse to understand. Say, I don't, I don't want to know. I've had people tell me that. Isn't that crazy? Say, I, I need to speak the truth to them and say, well, I, nah, I don't. Had, a, had that happen to me a few times in life where someone went, I don't want to hear it. I'm like, ooh, let me bow out then. God bless you. I'm turning you over to God. They refuse to understand. They break their promises. They're heartless, and they have no mercy. Wow. Sounds like the end times, doesn't it? Sounds like the world we live in. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. And what is all these things that people are doing? and it renders them worthy of death, practicing these sins that were aforementioned. Practicing sin. God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, y'all ready for this? They encourage others to do them too. 
I've seen people do that. I said, man, come on, man. It's crazy to me. We've, we've gone to re- resorts. My wife and I really like resorts. We find good deals, and we like to go to the beach together um, once a year if we can, at least. At least once a year, maybe twice, as God provides. But I've been at resorts before, and I've told people right in front of my wife, said, no thanks, uh, we don't drink. I just want to let them know I'm not bragging about it. I'm just letting them know because I don't want them offering me alcohol at the next meal. I've had some ignorant people go, well, it's never too late to start. (laughs) You don't get me into your weakness? No, thank you. How has that turned out for you? No, thank you. Many people have wondered, and they say, well, will drinking send you to hell? Well, here's, here's, here's my concern. Eventually it can. I don't drink, and that's the standard we have here. That's between you and God, but I don't recommend it, and I I speak out against it. People say, Jesus drank drank wine. You think Jesus was raising up people to bring the kingdom of God here to earth and proclaim the kingdom? He was raising up alcoholics. You really think that? I don't think so. Got to study the real meanings of those words in Scripture. But, but, it's interesting because when you get run into a hard time, you Y'all ever been through a battle in here? Have you noticed that when you're in a battle, you struggle with your old weaknesses sometimes? You may have not given in to them, but you say, man, I feel angry again. I feel jealous again. I'm struggling with lust, or I'm struggling with jealousy, or I'm whatever. Those are just examples. I'm struggling with being violent. Whatever it is, when you're stressed, when you're stressed out, you tend to fall back on your weaknesses. It's how human nature is, but you don't have to do that. So can you imagine if you're a sipping saint, you're hitting it here and there? What happens when times get hard? Are you going to drink more? That's something to think about, isn't it? Hear me well on the live stream. Hear me well on the audio. Some of you on the audio say, I'm never listening to Pastor Matt again. God bless you. I think you will. God is going to compel you and draw you again. You've you got to keep listening. You've got to keep listening. Don't stop listening just because it's a hard truth. Do not stop listening just because it's a hard truth. Man, I've been, I've been corrected by some of the best. But I've stuck around to outlive the critics. Say, man, I, I'm going to just humble myself under the hand of the Lord and under correction. Now look, look at this next verse, okay? You may think you can condemn such people. Man, he's dealing with the church in Rome here, isn't he? He's saying, you may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be what? Punished, you are condemning yourself, for you who judge others do these very same things. Humans tend to do that. And we know that God and His justice will punish anyone who does such things. Let's stop there for a second. I've seen this over the years with men and women of God where they're very imbalanced in their preaching and all they preach against is some certain thing and it always concerns me because I'm thinking, are they struggling with that only? And they just preach against it and preach against it and preach against it. We've got to be balanced. Did you know as believers you've got to be balanced? Did you know, I mentioned this in staff meeting today, someone who's struggling with their faith, you've got to restore them with humility. Why? Because we're susceptible, we're susceptible to falling too i got to have mercy on people. At the same time, i got to correct sin and be ruthless with sin, coach immaturity as a pastor and as a leader and as a shepherd, but man, I've got to be compassionate when I deal with people. Now, I've got to have boundaries. Someone say boundaries. God has boundaries, huh? He does. Genesis says he separated light, the light from the dark. 
There was day and night. He separated the ocean from the dry ground. He separated the sky from the earth. There's boundaries everywhere. He's a God of boundaries. But we've got to be merciful with people. And remember, even though I talked to kids today that, man, they accepted Jesus young. They're getting baptized young. Praise God. we got three, three little soldiers getting baptized tonight. I told the kids today, man, it's good that you're doing this young, but you got to remember you weren't born saved. You had to accept Jesus, didn't you? We've got to, and those of us who have been in the Lord a long time, we've got to remember, I, I wasn't born saved. I've got to be merciful with people. It doesn't mean I don't have boundaries. I've got to have boundaries. And there are times, I don't know who this is for, there are times you've got to turn people op- over to God. You've done all you can with them. You've done all you can with them. You've, said, you've spoken until you're blue in the face. They weren't listening. You need to turn them over to God and let Him deal with them. Why? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of His throne. We know that God and His justice will punish anyone who does such things. Let's keep going. Once again, He's hitting somebody hard here. I don't know who this is for. It may not be for you. Maybe for someone on the live stream or the audio. Since you judge others for doing these things, these things why do you think... You can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things. We just went over that. He's repeating it. must be for a reason. He's wanting it to really stick. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Tolerant, another word for that is long-suffering. He gives lots of chances. Does this mean nothing to you, Paul says? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to what? Turn you from your sin. God's kindness isn't so you can sin more. God's kindness is to turn you from your sin. Next verse. Wow. Now, this may not be for anyone in here, but this is a tough word. How many of you know, how many of you know we got to receive the full counsel of God's word? Not just the Bible stories we like, right? Say, man, I want to talk about Gideon. That's heroic. I want to talk about Elijah and Elisha. Yeah? Well, look at this. Look at this. He says, but because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin. Man, Paul's dealing with somebody here. So don't fight it. Just be convicted and repent if this is you tonight. But because you're stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, you're storing up terrible punishment or judgment for yourself. For a day of anger is coming, or a day of judgment, when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. It has to. People go, God would not do that. He's a God of love. Have you ever read the book of Revelation? That's God. That's God himself, and that's a scary thing. One place in the New Testament, it says, it's a fearful thing to be in the hands of a living God. God's not mad at you. He's not walking around angry with us. He's not out trying to beat us down. But there is judgment for our actions if they're not lining up with God's word. There's reward and consequences. Someone say reward and consequences. Look at this. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. Praise God. Under the blood of Jesus. And if you're putting God first, he's going to judge you according to what you've done. But you're going to go to heaven. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good. Look at that seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. That's me and that's you. I want that. But he will pour out, someone say boundary. He's going to reward people who love him and put him first, right, and bless them, give them glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But, someone say but, but he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth, and instead lived lives of wickedness. Wow, this stuff's crazy. It's like one grenade after another. What's the next verse? There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil. 
for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. Basically, he's saying their Jews should know better. They, they had the word of God for these thousands of years. So the Jew first and also the Gentile. Gentile's a non-Jew. Next verse. <clears throat> Are we two, ele- two, two, did it freeze? For God does not show favoritism, verse 211 says. God does not show favoritism. One translation says, God is no respecter of persons. Look at that. Isn't that something? We'll end there tonight. So if you seek God, regardless of your color, your background, your culture, God sees one race. What is that? I brought this up last week. The human race. You are his creation. Say, my skin's a different color. Our ancestors were placed in different parts of the earth and all this. And we. Did you know that the way you look is very, it's a very, very, very small part of your DNA? Very small part. Skin ain't got nothing to do with it. You are either God's or not God's. That's all he wants. Say, my skin's lighter, man. I can't even get any sun. I feel you, man. I'm feeling the sun from today. I'm going to tell you right now. I should have left my shirt on working outside. I should have. But does that matter to God, my color? No, God does not show favoritism. He's not a respecter of person. So he will reward those who seek him. He will judge those who reject him. Are you with me tonight? He will reward those who seek him. He will judge those who reject him and walk in sin. Any questions? I love asking that because y'all aren't going to ask any questions. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes, if you would, please. God is faithful. His word is powerful. Scripture says, His word will accomplish what He sends it to accomplish. Tonight, I believe it accomplished several things. It reinforced your faith. It reminded you, it corrected you, it warned you. You say, man, that word, that particular verse wasn't for me. Well, then there was a verse that was for you. You're either right with God or you're not. And we need to start there. That's the basics. Is there anyone in this house who has never, ever accepted Jesus as their Savior? And if not, I just want you to pray this prayer with me anyway. If there's not anyone in the house, there may be someone on the live stream or someone on the audio. Would you repeat this prayer with me? Say, Heavenly Father, say, please forgive me. Say, I acknowledge my sin. Say, I can't save myself. But say, I call upon the name of Jesus. Say, the author and perfecter of my faith. Everybody in this house, say, I believe. Say, I can't do it without you, Lord. Everybody say, Lord, forgive me. Say, cleanse me. Everybody in here, I know you're tired, but repeat this with me. Say, I believe Jesus died and rose again so that I could be saved. Say, healed, delivered. Say, thank you, Jesus. For saving me. In Jesus' name. Now let me pray a blessing over you. Father, I thank you for your people who have patiently and humbly received your word, the word of truth tonight. I thank you that it's falling on good ground. It fell on good ground. And we will put it to good use. Say, man, I'm not walking in crazy sin like that. Well, praise God. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you're showing it by living it. He's called us to be examples. We thank you, Father. Because your word makes us clean and pure when we obey it.
How can we cleanse our ways? Well, apart from the word, we can't. We need your word. We need your spirit. We call upon you tonight, Lord, and we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name.